1: Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong and I'm the Get Fit Guy. Sprains and strains are common injuries among us avid movers and they share similar signs and symptoms. But the difference comes down to ligaments versus tendons. And that is what we are going to talk about today. Let me set the stage. It's a sunny summer day and you decide to go for an early morning jog. You down your coffee, you slip on your running shoes, and you head out the door. A few minutes later, you are cruising along the trail, lost in your thoughts, when an enthusiastic dog darts out towards you. You suddenly snap out of your daydream and dodge the happily bounding dog, but while doing so, you plant your foot in a less than optimum way, and you feel a pain that reminds you of that time that you sprained, or was it a strain, your wrist while you were playing hockey. Later that day you stop in at a walk-in clinic to have a medical professional look at your slightly swollen and achy ankle. The doc says not to worry about it. It is just a strain, or maybe it's a sprain. Take it easy and you should be good to go after a few days rest and rice. Now, Sprains and strains both refer to damage to the soft tissues in the body, including things like ligaments, tendons, and muscles. They are both common injuries for those of us who use our bodies in new and exciting ways each day, and they both share some common symptoms. What it comes down to is which soft tissue, ligament or tendon, has been affected. Now, a ligament is a tough band of fibrous tissue that connects bones to other bones or cartilage and is usually located around joints. A tendon, on the other hand, is a tough cord of fibrous tissue that connects muscles to bones. And that, right there, is the main differentiating factor. A sprain is an overstretched, torn, or twisted ligament. Commonly sprained areas include wrists, ankles, thumbs, and knees. A strain is an overstretched, torn, or twisted tendon or muscle. Commonly strained areas include legs, knees, feet, and back. Now, is this an important distinction to make? Well, honestly, not really, at least not for us laymen. But it does matter to the medical professional who's giving you advice on how to treat, manage, or heal that tender ankle of yours. Now let's talk about how muscles and tendons get strained. In an oversimplified nutshell, the muscles you have doing all that work underneath your skin are made up of a large number of smaller bundles of muscle fibers called fascicles. Now these fascicles are made up of individual muscle fibers that are all cross-linked, so they can slide back and forth inside the fascicle. Now, Gradually near the end of the muscles, the muscle fibers turn into tendon fibers and then attach to the bone, Each tendon is different, and depending greatly on its location in the body, a tendon can range from being pretty darn short to pretty darn long. Now, a strain occurs when damage is caused by an overstretched muscle or tendon, pulling their fibers apart and therefore losing the ability to adequately contract. The severity of the strain depends on whether the muscle fiber is just overstretched, partially torn, or completely torn. The strain, or damage, can occur in three areas—the muscle itself, the intersection where muscle fibers turn into tendon fibers, or right in the tendon itself. A strain can occur from one single wipeout or incident, or it can gradually build up over time from repeated use. The most common strain is actually from overuse, or repetitive use injury. But muscles and joints can also be acutely forced to do things that they're not prepared or designed to do, and that can also result in a strain. Now, strains happen while playing sports or other activities that involve repetitive movements, sitting or standing in awkward positions for prolonged time, lifting a heavy object, or simply slipping and falling. Now, the strain injury has different grades. Grade 1 is stretching of a few of the muscle fibers. Grade 2 is muscle fibers are damaged or torn. And grade 3 is a complete rupture of the muscle. Now, some symptoms of a strain are swelling, bruising, limited mobility, pain or tenderness, muscle spasms or cramping, and muscle weakness. Alright that takes care of strains, now let's look at how joints and ligaments get sprained. The joints in our bodies are stabilized by bands of tissue called ligaments. These ligaments allow the joint to move in some directions and not in other directions, although there are some joints that move on multiple planes. Ligaments are anchored to the bone on each side of the joint. Now, a sprain usually occurs rather suddenly and is most often located in the area right around a joint. When a ligament is stretched too far or torn, that is when the doctor tells you that you have a sprain. Now, sprain symptoms can range from mild to severe depending on how many tissue fibers were affected by the mishap. Sprains happen most often when the joint moves out of its normal range of movement, tearing or stretching the ligament. This can happen when you are simply walking or running on an uneven surface, or playing a sport where you are twisting and pivoting repeatedly, falling or landing on an outstretched hand, or being knocked off balance while playing a contact sport. And again, a sprain has three grades, just like a strain, with grade 1 being fibers of the ligament are stretched but not torn. Grade two, the ligament is partially torn. And grade three, the ligament is completely torn or ruptured. Now, the symptoms of a sprain are limited mobility, pain, swelling, bruising, inability to bear weight, and there also may be a popping sensation when the injury actually happens. Okay, back to strains and sprains. Generally speaking, the treatment for sprains, strains, and even tears are pretty similar, so it's not all that important to know exactly which one you have, kinda like having a cold versus a flu. But it is important to rule out things like severe tears or broken bones, so doctors often diagnose a sprain or a strain by eliminating those other causes. So, after giving you and your injury a good physical exam, your doctor may send you for an x-ray to rule out the dislocations or fractures. Depending on the severity and what the x-ray showed, your doctor may also request an MRI. An MRI gives you a very detailed view of the joint and could reveal things that are otherwise impossible to find. In the end, if the MRI or the x-ray don't reveal anything like a break or a tear, The doctor will likely diagnose you with a sprain or a strain and send you on your way, hopefully with a treatment plan in your hand or at least in your head. And that treatment plan may be something referred to as RICE. It is generally prescribed that you follow a four-step RICE protocol, whether you have a sprain or a strain. This protocol is said to help reduce swelling and also to relieve the pressure on the affected area. RICE is actually an acronym for REST ice, compression, and elevation, and you've probably heard that before, but this acronym can be misleading in its seeming simplicity, so let's break each one down. Let's start with the REST. It's important to rest the affected area and protect it from excessive stress, but that doesn't mean that you should keep it completely inactive. Not moving or using the area at all can result in major decreases in both strength and mobility, as well as promote more swelling. Whatever movement you do with that area must be within the capacity of the affected tissue, so as not to cause any further injury or negatively affect the recovery of the affected tissue. Let pain be your guide, and don't be a hero, but also don't be a wimp. Now, the next part of the acronym is I for ICE, and you should apply ICE for 15 to 20-minute periods Every few hours, for about 48 hours after the injury occurred. Wrap the ice in a damp towel or a cloth so you don't cause superficial nerve or skin damage by placing the ice directly on your skin. Now, In that first 48 hours, ice can decrease the swelling and reduce the pain and reduce muscle spasms. After 48 hours, ice can actually become less effective and can cause some less desirable reactions like a decrease in local metabolism and enzymatic activity and reduced flexibility and elasticity of the connective tissues of that muscle. So, pro tip, after about 72 hours has passed, heat will actually do more for you than ice. Heat will increase circulation to the area, relax the muscle tension, and reduce joint stiffness. Now the next part of the acronym is C for compression. Now this helps immobilize and protect the joint and it also helps further reduce the swelling by adding pressure to the tissue. You can use a bandage or a brace or some tape or even some compression garments will do. And the final part of the acronym is E for elevation. The injured limb or area should be elevated to the same level or height as your heart, and this maximizes the power of the circulatory system. With the injured area at the same level as your heart and not above it, the body can effectively reduce the pressure in the injured area and allow cellular waste products to be removed. Now, this can help the injured tissue by re-establishing cellular and extracellular homeostasis. Now, as they say, the best offense is a good defense, So before we finish up, here are some quick and dirty ways that you can help prevent a strain or a sprain. And for more tips, make sure to check out the article called How to Avoid Exercise Injuries. Now start with number one, strengthening and training. Regular resistance training sessions mixed in with stability exercises, or what we call prehab, can allow you to build a more robust framework, which can help you prevent these types of injuries. Now, number two is to warm up properly. Warming up the muscles with full body movements and dynamic stretching, not static, increases the range of movement and prepares the body for what you're about to ask it to do. Now, number three is don't forget about your feet. Now, much of our movement starts or is anchored in our feet, which makes them one of the most important areas to take care of along with your core. Shoes with appropriate support can help protect your ankles and your knee joints, but not nearly as well as having strong and supple feet. Now make sure you check out the article called 5 Ways to Get Stronger Feet for more information on how to do that. And finally, number 4 is always stay aware of your environment. Keep your wits about you. It is tempting to slip into your own world while you're on your own and you're out on a long run or a ride, but always beware of slippery or uneven surfaces and keep an eye out for obstacles like a darting child or a pet that could pop out at you and of course the other players on your team or the opposing team that are out there on the rink, the court, or the field with you. Now, Of course, not all injuries, whether they be a sprain or a strain, are preventable. But doing your best to prevent them also means that you're doing your best to minimize the impact of those unavoidable circumstances. Now, for more injury info, prevention tips, and to join in the strained conversation, head over to facebook.com getfitguy and twitter.com getfitguy. And you can always email me by using the address getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com. You can send in suggestions for future podcasts or ask me a question. I'm always happy to help. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy.
2: Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
3: Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth.